Good afternoon and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Tom. Hi Tom, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Tim. How are you? Good, good. Still recovering from a really exciting match on Wednesday night. Are you talking about Real Madrid against Paris Saint-Germain? I might be, yes. What a match, what a match. Before we jump straight in, Tom, just to tell all of our listeners to share the podcast, to leave us a great review, and if they want to join the conversation, to get onto our Facebook group, the Learn English Football Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what a match. Tom, at half-time, what did you think the final score was going to be? Because I could only see one winner. I thought Paris Saint-Germain were going to run away with it in the second half. When Real Madrid had to attack, I thought it was going to be a second Christmas for Mbappe. I was wrong. I felt the same. I thought Paris Saint-Germain looked quite comfortable. They... Uh... They were fairly well in control. They were playing with confidence. They, sometimes they were defending deep, but they were comfortable keeping possession deep into their own half, using the goalkeeper, the fullbacks. They looked in control of the situation. So what happened? I mean, how did they lose all of that control and just become like, like a schoolboy team? It was crazy. They couldn't, they couldn't keep the ball. They wouldn't defend, they wouldn't track their runner. And when I say to track their man, I mean to, to follow the, the person they should be defending when they move. What do you think happened, Tom? For me, there were two key moments in the game, two turning points. Uh, the first one was early in the second half, maybe about 50 minutes into the game. Uh, Mbappe was put through, did a delightful step over to deceive Courtois, the goalkeeper, put the ball in the net disallowed goal offside that would have killed the game at that moment there i'm sure we would have seen some uh, defensive substitutions from pochettino taking off one of their flair attacking players for a more uh, defensive minded midfielder then of course the moment that really changed the game was donnarumma and If you have been following our podcast, I said that Donnarumma was the player of the Euros, the man of the tournament. I'm a big fan. But this moment was terrible for himself personally and terrible for the team. Uh, It was the Real Madrid equaliser. The ball was played back to him. He spent too long on the ball. And then Benzema managed to pressure him into a mistake. Uh, Although... I noticed that Pochettino afterwards, he argued that it should have been a foul. What did you think, Tim? Um, I I think uh, it was a foul. Mm -hmm. Um, But even under the circumstances of it being a foul, I still hold Donnarumma fully responsible. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when I was a young kid, I was told, if you're under pressure, get rid of the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, he doesn't. He tries to find a pass, a horizontal pass, um, and again, he plays it to somebody under pressure. It would be much better just to get rid of the ball, kick mm-hmm. it away. Uh, and since then, I have been sent a uh, video of Donnarumma uh, errors with the ball at his feet. And it seems that he's made quite a lot for such a young mm-hmm. goalkeeper. He's got quite a collection of, of absolute howlers. And when mm-hmm. I say an absolute howler, do I mean a small mistake or a massive mistake? An absolute howler is a massive mistake. Often we use the word howler for a goalkeeping mistake. Yes, and if I was a goalkeeper who had made so many mistakes with the ball at my feet, well, in the biggest match of my club career, 
I think I wouldn't be taking any risks. So I blame him. I do uh, think it was a foul. Yes, I also think perhaps Pochettino made a mistake then, because if you have a player who has made this kind of error in the past, maybe you want Kayla Navas starting for you in this game. You mean Kayla Navas and his four Champions League winner medals? It, that's the one, yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and even after the Benzema contact, which, let's face it, he doesn't touch the ball. He's about nearly a metre away from the ball. He makes contact with Donnarumma after Donnarumma has passed the ball. So it's definitely a free kick. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand why it wasn't referred to VAR. um, But anyway, but even after that, Donnarumma's first reaction is to stand up and kind of look at the referee. He's mm. distracted. Mm. Um, I imagine, Tom, when you were growing up, I, you were told exactly the same thing as that I was told. Play to the whistle. Mm. You don't stop. You don't lose your focus until you hear the whistle. Mm. So that's kind of two schoolboy errors in about 10 seconds. Um, so mm. I, I, I think you can't blame the referee there too much. You mm. have to look yourself in the mirror. This goes to the heart of uh, what went wrong, not only for Donnarumma, but for PSG in that second half. The problem was mentality, the collective mentality of the players. Uh, Donnarumma was weak. He needed to, obviously, uh, even if he was fouled or not fouled, I'm sure our Real Madrid listeners will disagree with your opinion there, Tim. But regardless of whether it was a foul or not, he should have got rid of that ball much, much quicker. And then that mentality spread to the whole team. It was incredible to see the defence fall apart. Players like Kimpembe, Kipembe, and even my favourite, Marquinhos, who an hour before I had told someone, oh, this player is amazing, he's without error. It, it transmitted through the whole team. Every player was making these mental errors where they, they lost their momentum and they were... Staying, spending way too long on the ball. They stopped passing the ball quickly. They didn't know what to do. They, I, we have a word in English. They were dithering. To dither is when you are indecisive. The whole team were indecisive. Yeah, and I think that is one of the beauties of football. It is a sport played in the mind as much as on, 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 on the pitch. Mm. And momentum can have that effect on people. Mm. Um, I think Real Madrid made some interesting changes that uh, affected the game positively. Um, I think Tony Cruz for uh, Cavaniga uh, made a big difference. Tony Cruz, although he's a wonderful player, had been carrying an injury into the game, and he was changed around the um, the 65 minute mark. And um, Cavaniga came on and he played really well. He mm-hmm. uh, showed lots of energy in the game. Uh, he was winning back lots of balls. He was moving the ball forward well. Um, Another good change, I think, was uh, Carvajal uh, um, for for Vasquez, mm-hmm. uh, and again, that was that was necessary. That one wasn't it. Carvajal had got a booking for, yeah. for on Mbappe, so exactly. you knew he was just one moment away from a red card. If you're a defender mm-hmm. and you're a right back and you've got a yellow card and you're defending Mbappe, mm-hmm. well, that has to be uh, one of one of my worst nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that made a big difference. And Tom, didn't you think that uh, Rodrigo had a positive impact as well? This, for me, was one of his most impressive performances. He, it, it wasn't just him alone, of course. The whole team and, of course, all the fans in the Bernabeu, they gave the team that lift, that push, that, 
that energy. But Rodrigo and, and along with Benzema and Vinicius, exemplified. By exemplified, I mean they set a perfect example of pressing the opponents, of putting them under pressure. And of course, when they got the ball, I noticed that Rodrigo, his distribution was excellent as well. Do you think uh, this Paris Saint-Germain side simply has too many attacking players to be an effective team away from home? I've been looking at some of their statistics. Apparently, they've only won one of their eight away games in Ligue 1 in the French League this season against top 10 teams. Um, and let's face it, Ligue 1 is not the strongest league. After you get out of the top two or three or four teams, you're looking at some really average, some bang average. And when I say bang average, I mean bad. Uh, some really bang average sides in Ligue 1. And Paris Saint-Germain are still unable to go away from home and beat them. Um, do you think it's a problem that, I mean, if you have Mbappe who doesn't defend, you have Messi who doesn't defend, you have Neymar who doesn't defend, is it possible to win a game of football when, against a good team when you only have uh, seven outfield players defending? Mm -hmm. Certainly. I think that was part of the problem. Uh, another failure for Pochettino last night. When the momentum started changing in the second half, after Mbappe's disallowed goal, that was the time for him to take off one of these attacking players, to, to solidify the midfield. And you, you, PSG felt like a team of individuals, whereas Real Madrid felt like a team, a unified team, where people knew their jobs. I couldn't agree more. Um, and, of course, by the end of the match, they had Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Di Maria and Draxler on the pitch. Mm -hmm. So you've got three strikers and two wingers on the pitch come the end of the match. I mean, you can see why Real Madrid were able to find so much space every time they got the ball under control. Uh, there was room on the wings for them to attack. Uh, and, 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 and Pochettino, as you say, didn't have an answer. He didn't have an answer. He didn't make the substitute at the time that he needed to when PSG was still in control of the scoreline. And, but what he cannot help is that issue of the mentality of the players, of the heads dropping, of the indecisiveness that transmitted through the whole team, particularly the defence. Uh, and the third goal was the perfect example. If the PSG team is concentrating, they are thinking, OK, we are still in this game. This game will go to extra time. We know we're under pressure. We know they're going to charge out, meaning they're going to run fast to pressure us. We need to move the ball quickly. They didn't. They lost the ball at kickoff. And, and, and I, I believe it was Idrissa Gay, who I've never felt is the strongest midfield player from his Everton days. Uh, and they conceded the third goal within 10 seconds of the kickoff. It was, that was a failure of mentality again. Yeah, it really was. Um... What uh, I did find really incredible was just Luka Modric. He, he doesn't seem to get old, does he? I mean, yeah. that second goal, Tom, it looked like he was a 26-year-old, not a 36-year-old. Incredible. Mm. Yes, I, I'd like to uh, talk about that goal because he did everything perfectly there. Uh, when the ball was won back deep in their own half, he brought it forward. He found the space, the gap in the midfield to run through. Uh, then he timed his release pass perfectly to bring in Vinicius, I think. Then he continued running up, 
controlled the ball, got it back at the edge of the area, and again, played a perfectly weighted ball, slipped through to Benzema. And you and I both know as attacking players how difficult it is to keep your composure, to play everything perfectly while you're running at full speed, while you're breathing hard. And his execution was, they say here, impeccable, impeccable in Perfect. Spanish. Perfect. Yes. Um, so... Essentially, we're going to talk. Of, we're going to compare some players in a moment. But final question on the match, Tom. Um, we've seen we've seen Paris Saint Germain bottle it against Barcelona in the past. They've bottled it again against Real Madrid now. To bottle it is to lose your cool, to lose your confidence, to lose your bravery in a crucial moment. Can Pochettino survive? Does he want to survive? Mm. I hear he's still living in a hotel. His family is still living in London. Mm -hmm. um, does he want to be there? Does Paris Saint-Germain want him there? I suspect PSG have uh, lined up another manager already, knowing the way uh, a club of this size works. I think uh, Poch will stay to the end of the season, see out the contract for this year. They still, He can still bring home the league title. I think they are first place in the league. But uh, this is a big failure for them. Uh, it, it's reminiscent of a few years ago where Unai Emery uh, took PSG with a four-goal lead from Paris and they lost that game, that another historical game against Barcelona. This is a similar kind of defeat for Pochettino and for the club. It leaves a, a real wound. A wound is a, an, an injury, an open injury. An open cut. An yes. open cut. So I don't know how he can, and the club, can come back from this. I expect it will be a fresh manager in at the end of the season. OK, Tom, hit me with a short answer here. You're a manager. Uh, you need a striker this summer. Money's not a problem. You only want one season out of your new striker. Who are you going for? Who do you want to buy? Uh, Robert Lewandowski, who scored another hat-trick this week, the fastest hat-trick in Champions League history, or Karim Benzema, who in the last couple of seasons looks like a revolutionised player. Mm. Wow, two fantastic players. Right at this moment, I would edge oh, Benzema, just on age. I think he's a couple of years like younger. But both players have really stepped up and and led their teams in recent years and but both are dependent on the service of their teams so it's hard to take these players out of Bayern Munich or out of Real Madrid and expect them to perform for you in another club. I agree with everything you've said uh, I would also go Benzema I just add one more thing that I think Benzema is a number nine and Lewandowski is a number nine and maybe as a nine there's very little to decide between them but I think Benzema has more to his game. If you think of the years when Ronaldo was at Madrid and how Benzema was able to sacrifice many aspects of his game and still had other fantastic qualities. Mm -hmm. And Tom, similarly, um, the, the, who is the King Samba man? Is it Neymar or is it Vinicius? If you had to buy one this summer and you only wanted one season, money was not an object, who would you prefer in your side? Oh, if it's only for one season, I would still stay with Neymar. Uh, if it was for you know a lengthier period of time for you know the future of the club, then obviously Vinicius has uh, many more years ahead of him. But Neymar still edges it for me. 
Yeah, um, I think Neymar is still capable of maybe things that are more spectacular, more unexpected, but uh, I would go Vinicius. Uh, I think his work rate is much better. I think his uh, goals and his assists are higher this season. Uh, I think he's developing into a really top quality football player and I think he might already have overtaken Neymar. Um, not in terms of quality, but certainly in, ter in terms of attitude. And I think their difference in attitude is bigger than their difference in quality. Mm -hmm. um, so, Tom, anything else you'd like to say about this match? There's one last thing I'd like to say, mm -hmm. is that your pick for the Champions League winner, Paris Saint-Germain, um, is no longer any good. You're going to have to predict a different winner. That's right. I was so confident uh, up to about 60 minutes into this match. Uh, and yes, unfortunately, PSG, not your year again this year. They need to really fix that mentality issue, I believe. If they're really going to go all the way, they need to get some players in with that winning mentality. There's one more thing I'd like to say. Uh, last week, I was praising Pochettino on his English ability. Uh, obviously, after the game on Wednesday, he was very emotional. Uh, but I thought, hmm, he's a little bit rusty now. So, Pochettino, if you're listening, then, uh, well, you need to tune into the podcast more to brush up your English. It's gone a bit rusty. Oh, no. Um, so, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, Tom, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the football. We've got uh, some fantastic matches again. Um, and we'll listen, we'll, we'll, I hope our listeners will, will be here next week for more of the Learn English Football podcast. It's been a pleasure for me too, Tim. Bye-bye.